Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Royalty, a prime target of terrorists. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carroll, a psychiatrist and your terrorist therapist. Today, since we all have royalty on our mind with the royal wedding that just took place uh, between Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, I thought we would look at uh, royalty in a different sense, related to terrorists. Well, not literally related to terrorists that we know of anyway, but in the sense that royalty is a prime target of terrorists and ironically, in sort of at the same time as the royal wedding just happened, we are having in London a trial um, in, in the UK, a trial of a terrorist who um, was trying to get a lone wolf to terrorize or to, to target uh, Prince William and his school, Prince George, not Prince William, sorry. Prince William's son, Prince George, um, to attack him at his school. He's four years old, and already <laughs> the, he is a terrorist target. So I'm going to tell you all about that. You know, if, if you watched any part of the royal wedding, one of the things you might have been thinking of uh, that I was thinking of, and I think a lot of people were probably thinking of, was the security. I mean, it must have been, or hopefully it was, uh, in an incredible feat of security to try to keep everyone in the royal family and all the other guests, Oprah and people like that, safe. Because, um, because there were parts of the wedding, I mean, not inside the chapel, I mean, that would have been easier to um, uh, have security for, but there, were, uh, there was a lot that went on in the streets and um, it just seemed like an impossible task to keep all of the crowds and all of the royalty who were at times interacting with the crowds safe. So it, it seems, you know, it's kind of ironic and yet fitting that we would now have a trial. And, and I guess, you know, it's not great for the defendant, uh, Hussein Rashid, 31 years old, um, from Lancashire in the UK, uh, it really, this really is not a good time for him to be on trial in terms of the chances of his being found uh, not guilty, because I think people, because it was so close to the royal wedding, and because the trial is supposed to go on for about six weeks, I think people will be a particularly upset at the idea that this man uh, could well have been, and the evidence really seems irrefutable, um, but could well have been trying to target one of the most vulnerable members of the royal family, Prince George. So that is going to unconsciously affect the jurors and um, have, it's gonna be harder for him to uh, get acquitted of all of these six terrorism charges, although he has denied all of them. Um, he, he has told his, Followers. He's quite a media mogul in terms of the internet. 
And in terms of having people follow him, um, his magazine, his he, he posts all over the place. Um, he is quite a prolific poster. He's a he's a an internet marketer of terror. And um, he's told people to do things, told lone wolves. He particularly targets lone wolves in terms of trying to influence them to follow his advice. And um, he's told them things like how they should inject poison into supermarket ice cream. And then, of course, as I started to say, Prince George at school. Um, he... He's in communication with a, a known ISIS fighter in Syria who may well be dead. Uh, I'll talk about that later. And, um, and he, uh, Hussein Rashid, the man, the terrorist who I'm talking about, who's on trial, um, he has his own internet channel. What he did in terms of Prince George was he posted a photograph of Prince George outside Thomas's school Battersea, that's the name of the school that he's going to, with a black silhouette of jihadi fighters and the message, even the royal family will not be left alone. Now, you can only, I mean, so far, Prince George, I remember when this happened and they, you know, added all kinds of extra security to the school. And I'm sure that they have probably kept that, kept that going. Uh, because this, this suggestion, this advice is still out there as far as trying to get lone wolves to, uh, to attack Prince George. I mean, that would be quite a coup for a terrorist, uh, you know, compared to, I mean, it's bad enough, of course, all the attacks that have been happening in London over recent years. It's bad enough that people in the streets have been run over and knifed and so on. But, you know, imagine what a prized target Prince George would be you know, who the family dotes on. Um, he also, this was interesting, he also is said to have, this is all coming out because his trial just started this week. He's said to have posted a map of Sixth Avenue in New York with the words New York Halloween Parade. Have you made your preparations? The countdown begins. Now, so far it is not clear, it's not been reported or I have not been able to find when he posted this uh, recommendation about attacking the New York Halloween Parade. But one has to wonder whether in fact it was before the Halloween attack, uh, the Halloween Eve attack of this past year um, at Ground Zero in Manhattan. You know, the man who rented the uh, van and who mowed down people in the street, um, was that man influenced by Hussein Rashid? Uh, that would be an interesting connection. Um, he has Hussein, let me call him Rashid, that's easier. Uh, Rashid um, also has created an, an e, you know, an, an electronic toolkit for terrorism for those preparing to commit acts of terror. And he is trying to offer as much assistance, encouragement, and support as he can. 
and he doesn't distinguish between attacking adults and children, whether people are part of the fighting forces or just civilians. Now, it's interesting. He, he recommends that people inject poison into supermarket ice cream. Now, can you, I mean, that is a scary thought. Because how much effort, or how hard would that be for someone either in the UK or in the US to pick up a, a, a carton of ice cream in the supermarket and take out a, a syringe um, or how, whatever other form they want to put it in and, and poison a container of ice cream. It would be super easy and that's super scary. Now, of course, if you put it in a container of spinach, <laughs> it would be less likely. That would not have the same panache. I know, I shouldn't laugh, but it's kind of like gallows humor. But think about it, all this stuff is out there on the, on the internet and, um, and, and people are looking, well, they were, now he's in jail, but they were, I mean, you know, he's at trial, but he will hopefully be in jail for the rest of his life. Um, but this is all out there for them, lone wolves looking for these things, disgruntled lone wolves who are angry at society, looking for how they can get back at society and such easy targets to be radicalized and become terrorists. Um, now, he, this man, Rashid, is a, was a teacher at the Mohammadi Mosque in the UK. And uh, I mean, think, you know, think of that too, a teacher at the mosque. This is the kind of things that he's telling his pupils to follow him with. I mean, he, this is extensive. I've just sort of begun to tell you what he, what he does. Um, but, but here he's in a position of being a teacher and people come to him, you know, presumably they come to him to learn religion, but, um, but he's giving them suggestions for how to be, how to create good terror attacks while he's at it. And he's talking about attacks with all kinds of things, vehicles, explosive, uh, explosive bombs, devices, uh, all kinds of, of knives, uh, poison, weapons, you know, chemicals, whatever kinds of attacks you may have ever heard of, he's right there with advice. Much of the world, much of America, as well as the UK, were obsessed with the royal wedding this past weekend. And there is a connection to terrorists in that. Um, there is this week a uh, trial happening in the UK of a man named Hussein Rashid, who is, he's kind of like the Ann Landers of terrorism. He gives advice, not necessarily psychological advice, but technical advice, I guess you could call it, for how to create bigger, better attacks. And in particular, bigger, better, or littler, but better targets, notably how to attack Prince George uh, at his school in London. So um, he, uh, as I was saying before, he is a media mogul, a, an internet marketer of terror. And he runs an online channel called The Lone Mujahid. And he uploads resources for people planning their own attacks, uh, especially for the lone wolf attacker, you know, who doesn't have people, other people to assist him. And um, he is consulted by terrorists around the globe seeking his advice on all of these different means of creating attacks. And um, he, what's interesting though, is he's not content 
with doing that. I mean, or maybe he thinks that he's uh, put up enough information for, you know, done that part of his uh, goal for life. And he wants to actually go to the Middle East. And, um, he's not content with being a media mogul. Uh, or maybe he plans on continuing it from over there. He could do that too. But in any case, he wants to go to the Middle East. He wants to fight jihad um, he, there. Uh, he, it, so he was in contact with a man in Syria called Omar Ali Hussein, who's also known or known particularly on the internet as Rapunzel. Yes, I know Rapunzel was a female character in fairy tales, but what can I tell you? Um, so he, he is trying to impress, or he was trying to impress this uh, Rapunzel and by giving him advice that he could use and that he could tell people to use um, in the Middle East you know, information useful, useful on the battlefield. In other words, he's trying to impress him with his knowledge of all these things so that he'll be invited to come to the Middle East and be a terrorist there. So for example, he was telling him um, how to use lasers to shoot down aircraft and to weaken enemy defenses by jamming their missile systems. And so he keeps being hoped uh, to, go, to be asked to go to Syria and fight. Now he uses a, a different name, you know, like there's Rapunzel, and now he uses a name, Ibn Majah, yes, some, something like that. Um, he sent him information how anti-guns and drones could be jammed. He sent him, get this, a 70-page U.S. Army manual on decoy and deception. Interesting, uh, interesting to think about where he might have gotten that. Uh, and a YouTube video related to infrared missile deflection systems. So, and he's written a number of publications, you know, that's on, that are on the internet. One is called How to Make a Bomb in Your Mom's Kitchen. <laughs> Never know when that's going to come in handy. Uh, he's written another book, it's called A Book of Terror, and that's also about how to make a bomb. And um, he's... He, he is very well known and appreciated. Now, um, he, his, his be, he's being charged this week. Well, it's supposed to last six weeks, but he, it just started this week and he's being charged with six counts. Three counts of preparing terrorist acts, one count of encouraging terrorism, uh, two, of de, uh, two counts of disseminating a terrorist publication, and one of failing to comply with a notice under the Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act. So um, he was, the jury has been told about his various online uh, channels and so on, what he's done, you know, all, all the information he's provided. And, um, and uh, there, of course, you know, as I was saying before, he's there hearing about how uh, he was particularly targeting Prince George, and that is not going to play well at this time while people are so uh, in love, particularly with the royal family, since they just enjoyed the wedding. Um, now, getting back to the, uh, his friend in Syria, Rapunzel, um, who is from the UK also, but now 
he may well be dead. It is thought that this man, Rapunzel, um, may be dead because last year Sky News found his name uh, etched on a wall, a prison wall in an ISIS death camp, which typically means that the person has died. Now, um, so, so Rashid's um, uh, dreams of going to being asked to go to Syria to fight may be for naught. Um, but let me, before I talk more about the man, the man in Rapunzel, um, let me tell you some other things that Rashid has been suggesting, recommending, not just suggesting, um, you know, provoking actually is a better word, um, lone wolves to do in terms of attacks. He has been urging jihadists to attack UK football stadiums. Uh, there was there was an online post that he made in December of 2016 praising the murder of football fans. And this was the day after an attack at the Besiktas Stadium in Istanbul killed 38 people. Um, so he, you know, wrote, Rashid wrote th that more, more terrorists, more lone wolves should try to target UK football stadiums. And um, he, to help these lone wolves, um, he posted a link on his, on his um, channel, his online channel, to a Wikipedia page that listed UK football stadiums by capacity. So, you know, encouraging uh, people to, to look at the ones that, where they would make the most kills by attacking the bigger or the most populated stadiums. Um, he taught them ways to maximize the attack and express and, and spread the effects even further than those, than just the people who are in the stadium. And he suggested that they go into a stadium wearing an explosive vest, attacking fans and security staff when it was full, full time, when it was, you know, the game was uh, going full tilt and planting additional explosive devices around the ground. Um, he also has been telling people to target this year's World Cup in Russia. He wrote, blow them up or slaughter them or shoot them, attack them in a truck or car. And um, then he's also said, you know, in regard to uh, Prince George, he said, even, he wrote, even the royal family will not be left alone. School starts early. He recommends that the lone wolves attack public gatherings such as uh, outdoor markets, festivals, political rallies, and he uh, suggested all kinds of methods, uh, knives, homemade bombs, poison vehicles, and Krav Maga, which is a martial art that the Israeli military forces use. I mean, you have to really learn that. You have to go to school for that. Um, he also talks about or tells, tells his followers to drop a smoke grenade to cause panic. And he says, you will be enjoying taking them down one after the other, terrorize the kafar, the, the non-believers. I uh, told people to attack train stations. No need to board trains, just get to the train station. Then in the name of Allah, get busy. 
And then uh, along with that, those words, he put emoticons of a bomb and a knife dropping blood. He's very creative. Um, too bad it's for terror, evil. Um, so he is denying these things, but the charges, the six charges cover a period of October, 2016 uh, through to April of 2018. You know, we, when we saw the wedding just recently, um, of course, Prince George, the, the child um, of William and Kate, Prince William and Kate, um, a very adorable boy uh, who took part in the wedding, as did the other royal children. And um, he, uh, Hashid, Rashid, was uh, trying to encourage people to target Prince George and attack him at his school. And he put pictures of school, as I was saying, and he put uh, word pictures of jihadists in silhouette, black silhouette, and um, t trying to encourage a lone wolf to go for this really high value target. Uh, I mean, that can you imagine the devastation that would come across the UK and across the world, really? Uh, because, you know, we all, we all saw <laughs> Prince George being born. I mean, not literally, but, you know, we have been sort of following him. He's, he's just adorable, and the world has been watching him uh, since he was born. So it would be a very effective terror target. So now, as I was start talking about earlier, uh, Husnan Rash Husnain Rashid, the man who was on trial, charged with six terrorism charges, uh, for having being this medium marketer of terror, internet marketer of terror. Um, he has been un, unsatisfied with that. Um, he wants to actually go to the Middle East and fight there as well. So he um, has been in contact with a man named Abu Saeed Al-Bratani. Um, now, he, um, <laughs> these people have all these different names. It's very confusing. Um, but he, uh, he was in a, in a terror camp. Well, he was in an ISIS, his name has been found on an ISIS death camp wall, which usually means that the person is dead. Um, and it is thought that he was imprisoned by his ISIS comrades. Um, and he was one of four jihadists that the UK placed on the UN sanctions list. And now the only trace of him is his name on the death camp wall. They are not saying for sure that he is dead, but, um, but it doesn't look good. Uh, he was originally called Omar Hussein. You know, I think part of this, of course, going by all these different names, besides having different religious contexts and so on, it's also, of course, to um, hide their identity, to be less able to be tracked. Um, when he was in the UK, when he lived in the UK originally, he worked as a supermarket security man for Asda and Morrison's. And of course, you know, that's so typical uh, first of all, it's typical that terrorists work in security. Think of um, Omar Mateen, the terrorist who 
uh, attacked the Pulse nightclub. He was a security guard. Um, you know, it's, it's sort of the socially acceptable way of carrying a gun. It's practice for being a terrorist. Uh, he left the UK in 2014. And once he was there, he used social media to encourage others to join ISIS and to, so that he could create the next generation of fighters. So he was similar in a way, you know, but from the Middle East to Hussein Rashid in terms of using the internet as a place to uh, uh, radicalize other, you know, and to recruit other terrorists. So in August 2014, he told the British media outlets he would only return to the UK if it was to plant a bomb. So, but he didn't seem, you know, it seemed that's what happens when people get recruited to go to the Middle East. Um, it looks all romantic when you're being cajoled into doing it from across a computer screen from a terrorist by a terrorist recruiter telling you all the great reasons why you should come to the Middle East and become a jihadi and, and um, fight the good fight and become a martyr and all of that. Um, but then when people get there, you know, especially when they come from places like the UK or the US, you know, it's a very, very different life. And people aren't used to, they're not expecting to rough it like that. And so, for example, with, um, with uh, Abu Saeed al-Bratani, he, uh, didn't, he didn't like the strict discipline that he found there um, once he got there. And he, he didn't really expect it to be like that. And in his blogs, he complained about his fellow jihadis and said he missed his mother's cooking. It's so interesting. The other guy talks about making a bomb in your mother's kitchen. This guy talks about missing his mother's cooking, which is, um, which is, you know, interesting that they're, uh, I mean, the, the relationship between terrorists and their mothers are undoubtedly very complicated ones because if they had a wonderful relationship with their mother, they wouldn't become a terrorist. Uh, you know, unless, unless their mother um, was, was, was influencing them in part to become a terrorist. And in my last podcast, I talked about that, in fact, about families influencing their children to become jihadists. Um, so it's a very complicated kind of relationship, depending upon the kind of mother that you have, of course. So anyhow, it might have been that um, the ISIS jihadists might have decided that he was not portraying the image that they wanted of ISIS, and that might be the reason why his name is on a prison wall and why nobody knows where he is right now. Now, Sky News discovered a network of rooms and corridors underneath the Raqqa City Sports Stadium, which turned out to be a place for torture and execution of ISIS. And, uh, and that's where this man's wall, this man's name is scratched on the wall in black pen. And um, it indicates that he spent 49 days in the cell. And it is seen that people who, um, people whose name and, uh, are, is on these walls um, are not, do not typically live to tell the tale. 
So, um, there are three other, um, we're almost getting to the end of the time, but let me just tell you, there are three other people on that UN list and um, uh, they, they're, you know, some of them are missing as well, uh, maybe dead as well. There is a woman called Sally Jones, uh, the so-called white widow, and she was killed, we know that she was killed, or we believe that she was killed, in a U.S. drone attack on the Iraq-Syria border. She was a former punk rocker, and she was very popular in terms of recruiting women to ISIS and, and provide practical advice on how to travel to Syria. Um, she also may have become disillusioned with ISIS before she was killed because Sky News reported that she was seen crying that she wanted to come back to the UK. I mean, it's kind of like kids going to camp, but um, a terror camp. And then there was another person on the, on the UN list, Aksa Mahmoud, and it, a she, a woman who traveled from Scotland through Turkey to Aleppo, and she was... Um, believed to be working with a brigade that enforces Sharia law. And she also um, worked to encourage terrorist acts via Twitter. So, you know, all these people are essentially doing similar work. Her parents felt destroyed to, to discover that she had been persuaded to join ISIS through secret text messages um, through a fanatic. Women are particularly susceptible to men particularly when they seem romantic and um, promise them all kinds of things. And so she's been banned to return to the UK, but now her whereabouts are unknown. And then the last person was on the UN list was Nassar Mufana, who was a medical student from Cardiff in the UK, who went to Syria in 2013. He was in ISIS video recruitment, ISIS recruitment videos online. And his father disowned him after he appeared in an ISIS beheading video in November 2014. So then there were reports that he'd been killed, but then these reports were refuted. And so nobody knows where he is, basically. Um, that is the story. So whether, bottom line, whether it is somebody in the UK um, urging attacks on Prince George and showing pictures of where you can find Prince George, or whether it's these um, jihadists in the Middle East who are also using the internet to recruit. Um, this is, you know, th and these people are growing every day. The number of these people, the things that um, this, this encouragement to attack it's really growing, even though the land, you know, we've, 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 um, uh, made ISIS's land smaller. We've won back land in Iraq and Syria, but um, the the internet is still open territory, and um, that's why people targeting lone wolves have you know all the all the land in the world, so to speak, by using the internet. Well, thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. 
If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.